Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. We are incredibly excited. We actually have two guests today. Yeah. Uh, one of them we're going to be starting with, and then the other one we'll do at a, uh, a different time. But, uh, but today we've got Spencer Ross, uh, actually the uh, former family and youth minister here at Keller, uh, is now working over at Northwest and uh, just really, really excited. Uh, in fact, Dylan was uh, yeah. an intern for him. Well, I was going to say Spencer and I go way back um, to you know, being interning with him in 2017, but he also was the officiant of my wedding. <laughs> so no, no, I was your camp counselor. Oh, way back, way back. What was that? Like ICCC years or, ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a long Fifth time grade. ago. So. so we've got a lot of really memories and uh, just awesome relationships here. Uh, we also have JJ Hendricks, who will uh, be jumping in periodically right now, but you'll hear more from JJ in the next episode that we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. So Spencer. We brought you on here so that you can talk about missions. So tell us about your mission work. Yes, I am eager to do this. Uh, missions is a one word, but it's a loaded word. Uh, when you think missions, we've mm-hmm. been involved in all kinds of missions. Each of us have been in various uh, local, domestic, as well as even international type campaigns and trips. Uh, the way I look at missions is uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Remember that in the scriptures there mm-hmm. where uh, they, they would first start it uh, right there locally in their own backyard. Uh, that would be Keller, yep. Texas. But in the scripture, <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8, they started in Jerusalem. Yeah. And then you see the domestic concept. They went to Samaria. They went out to the various places around them. And then it says unto the ends of the earth and the international. All, all three are important when we think about missions, local, domestic, international. But I've had a, a heart for missions for a long time. And uh, one thing led to another where I was able to now uh, serve with a group called World Bible Institute. And so that's where um, the Northwest Church supports me to be able to be involved in the work with World Bible Institute, which is basically a single-purpose institute. We're here to prepare Christians in the Word and ministry skills. Kind of have like a little tagline, a phrase that we try to use. We are making a difference. We are doing what we can to be a resource, to be a partner, to be a help uh, with the people that we're working with. And Mm. There's nowhere that's off limits. Uh, literally, I can't wait. Maybe I'll tell you about a Pakistan <laughs> opportunity coming up. Oh, right wow. Now. That's awesome. And there's other places where we've heard about works uh, connected to the Brotherhood in Africa and India uh, for years. And so just super excited about what we're doing with World Bible Institute. Uh, it's preacher training is what we're focusing on. Okay. So it's yeah. not so much like typical missions as, as we think about it. You know, when we think about missions, sometimes in the church, it's we pay this missionary to go overseas and, and plant a church and start a church. So you're talking more about preacher training, like training preachers in order to grow their own church, not just paying a guy that we've already trained to go over there. Yes. So there are different kinds of missions. There's local mission trips where groups go. There's yeah. a missionary that you support either a native there or sometimes it's an American who yeah. family that goes and lives over there. All that's good. World Bible Institute, our model is distinct. It's a little more different yeah. in the sense that we want the works to be indigenous. We want the works to ultimately become self-supporting, self-governing, and self-propagating. So we would rather, when I go on a trip, I'm going to go there very focus-minded. Uh, We're going to go and equip them, encourage them, uh, provide them with tools, 
uh, for evangelism, for teaching, uh, to help them with preacher training schools or weekend leadership training programs. Uh, we, we do a variety of kind of projects like that, but we'd rather train the people in their own country to do yeah. their own work rather than taking all my uh, kids and my wife and culture shock and living over there and then trying to learn a new language. Yeah. This model seems to be a lot more effective and just equipping them in their own backyards. Well, it's also a biblical model in a lot of ways, right? Like you have the church in Ephesus, you've got the church in Galatia, you've got the church in in Asia, right? It wasn't, it may have been started by one of the apostles as a missionary by Paul, right? But it was, it was kept by the people who lived there already. And so I think it's really, really cool what you guys are doing at WBI, right? That's the, the, the three-letter acronym, yes. acronym, the WBI, uh, is is you go and you create opportunities in in Kenya, in South Africa, in whatever country it is, right, so that they can be the, I guess, the ones who spread the gospel, right? Where it's not necessarily us, because we have the gospel to spread in our backyard too. It's it's not just you know you you don't it's, America's not already saved, right? Like that's not how that works. And so I think that's really really awesome. And you know who better to reach the local people? than the local people, right? Like that just seems to make sense. Are you writing this down? We're going, we go and we're helping with the planting Mm -hmm. and then the local disciples and Christians do the watering. And of course we know what the scripture says, God will give the increase. So with World Bible Institute, I'm helping direct our foreign extension schools. We're working with 13 Mm. current schools. We got uh, many more in the works. Uh, Even in the age of COVID, we've been able to continue dialogue and planning and prepping for the coming days. And we do have a team that works with us. Um, We use local ministers uh, around the country. We got a a relatively small team that's a building team who work with congregations uh, locally, but they also their churches help them uh, and allow them to work with World Bible Institute. Yeah. So uh, I know Chris is really curious and he's going to ask about how mission work was last year because it was crazy. But before he does that, I want to jump in and ask about the locations. You know, you you mentioned we got these locations around the world. Um, I'm really curious about where all these locations are and, and what they do. So um, if you can tell us a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. Of course. So uh, we have a brother named Keith Johnson. He's out in Searcy, Arkansas. He's actually our Africa coordinator. Okay. And so he's... Uh, like the continent? So, the, <laughs> yes, the entire continent. Now, <laughs> wow. right now, he's focusing primarily in Ghana and Togo. Okay. Uh, and then Benin as well as... Because Africa's big. And yes. He is from <laughs> South Africa. So he's in working with a, a possible new church plant out in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Oh, nice. wow. And we actually have... Now, he's building a team for Africa. So we got someone working in Cameroon. And we got another, uh, hopefully, a new brother in um, Kenya and Tanzania that we're going nice. to be working with. But as That's far really as our cool. current partnerships right now, uh, Keith is working with a school called Volta Bible College. This is in a, a place called Hogana. Uh, it's like two hours away from Accra. Uh, How do you remember all these names? I, well, because I wrote them down. <laughs> but I, did, I have had a chance to go to uh, pretty much all of these places. And so uh, you, it's very memorable uh, when you go. Oh, I bet. I, I don't want to get too distracted because so I want to show you some more of the locations. But the work in Ghana alone, the fruit that God is bearing, you know, what did Jesus say? Some tenfold, thirtyfold, yeah. hundredfold. I'm not even joking. Wherever you go in the world... Wherever Ghanaian Christians have immigrated toward, there's a faithful Church of Christ where they're at. That is awesome. I have seen awesome. Christians in France, uh, England, as well as Ukraine, all from Ghana. That's wow. wherever they go. There's faithful Christians. Wow. Uh, 
So we're working there. We got another school that's called the East Coast Bible School in Josie, Ghana. That's like a weekend program. So okay. Volta is a full two years, a Monday through Friday school. Okay. East Coast is like a weekend program, which I am all about. Yeah. Most of our new schools following that model hmm. because they can live at home uh, with their families. They, they can, can work. work. Yeah. They can maintain that tip making idea whenever they graduate. Yes. Yeah. They can preach. They're still trained in the word and they have a, a job, a secular job that help offset their costs. Yeah. I won't that, go over all the names. Really, and... <laughs> that makes sense a lot. I mean, to, to train them to also be tent makers. I mean, that's awesome. Yes. We don't want people relying on American support. Yeah. Because unfortunately, what you've seen in the past with Mission Works is the moment they lose uh, support, the work stops. Mm-hmm. And that's what we don't want. Yeah. We, even every new school is set up on a very, uh, a very modest platform. Uh, we are a resource. We are a help and a tool for them to do the work. Uh, we'll equip them the best we can, but we are we begin with an exit strategy, if you will. Mm-hmm. We begin with an exit strategy. That's really <laughs> That's cool. awesome. When I said the thing about write this down, I wasn't being a smart aleck to you, Chris. I was just saying there's <laughs> the way that I see WBI work is they are so respectful to the places that they're going. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard about mission works that, like Spencer said, that they will They'll shut down shop when they lose support Hmm. or there'll be people that go over and they're like, I'm going to help all these indigenous people. And they view them as kind of less than. And what Spencer and the WBI guys do is they go in and they're like, Hey, we're just helping y'all out. We're, we're equipping you. And that you hear him talk about Togo and Ghana, that, that gets my blood pumping. That's exciting. And I love the WBI work and just how they're doing it is perfect because eventually all Spencer is going to be is just adjunct faculty. He's going to go in and teach a short course, and they've got it fully covered. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. So as as you were talking there about, you know, we've seen mission works, and Spencer, you mentioned it too, right? We've seen mission works that will go in and do this. And, you know, I'm reminded of how most missions across the quote-unquote Christian um, religion, right? Not necessarily – uh, the, the Church of Christ, but Christian religion will go and they'll go and paint a church building, right? They'll go for a week, they'll go down, they'll paint a church building and they'll, hey, good job. And then, you know, two weeks from now, another group will come down and paint the same church building, right? Like they go down in order to have a mission to do something so that they can come back and say, hey, look what I did. And that's not what WBI is about no. at all. WBI is about instilling these people whoever they may be and wherever they may be with the gospel, the truth, right? The, the sword of salvation and to then go in to teach it to everybody else there. And I think that's just absolutely incredible. One of the, I've got two questions. I'm going to start with this one, but one of the things that you mentioned was that you want them to be self-sustaining. Now, I think I understand, but I kind of want you to explain because I, I don't want to assume that I know what you mean by self-sustaining with regards to specifically a church or a community. So what what is that? What exactly does that mean? Sure. So that that's a great question, and it's the it's answered differently per location. So yeah. for instance, I'll start with Africa. As we work with some of these schools, what to help them become self sustaining? We uh, WBI has found partners and uh, supporters to help purchase, say, a plot of land, mm-hmm. and then they take that plot of land and they do farming and gardening, and they are able to raise produce and uh, food to feed the students. And then they have excess um, uh, food available, and then they go into the market, sell it, hmm. and they take those proceeds, and they help run the operations of the school. So to help them become self-sustaining in that situation is we got them the land, and we got them the what the tools needed to do that, and then we work our way out of 
becoming a monthly financial supporter. We're more about uh, trying to do one-time support as opposed to monthly support. Yeah. So setting up budgets uh, initially are about what can we do to get this thing started and organized, and then we'll help with a small, modest monthly support or yep. find you a supporter in congregation or some Christians that can help you. But we'll work up uh, some plans. Like um, in the past, in the Philippines, our school, we helped get them a taxi to run a taxi business that ended up helping cover um, the cost of the school. But really, these weekend schools don't require much. That's what we're trying to do. We're creating new kinds of schools, whether it be online classes or weekend classes. People, they don't need a lot of money anymore yeah. to run their programs. We don't need a hundred thousand US dollar budget to run yeah. a preacher school anymore. Yeah. We're literally running schools right now for $4,800 a year. One in India, $4,800 for, uh, another school that we had. Because you've taught them how to support themselves. Correct, yes. That's awesome. And we get local churches. Some of that support, for instance, helps provide the meals for students who come in for the day. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to be there eight hours that day, and we're going to provide them a lunch. Well, we get a local church that volunteers to provide the meals that day. All of a sudden, we lowered the support. Mm -hmm. So there's endless ways and creativity that's allowed here. That's awesome. We help these, uh, these schools. Well, that's, I don't know. I just think that's such an intelligent way to go about it, right? As opposed to, you know... We live in a time where America is probably the richest nation that's ever existed in the history of the world. Uh, and so we have plenty of money to spare. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that giving money is always the best option, right? Like money is, money is a root of all kinds of evil, right? It's not necessarily evil itself, but, but you start just giving money to people, right? Typically problems aren't solved. Problems are exacerbated. You give my kid a Lamborghini and he's going to wreck it. <laughs> well, he can't drive yet, so. <laughs> that wouldn't stop him if he gave him a Lamborghini. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask yeah. which one, but I think the answer would be the They're same for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we've talked quite a bit about WBI, and, and I think that's awesome. Um, one more question on that. How does WBI support itself? Like, how does it function? What, what is the, the manner in which you're able to have a job there? Or somebody else is able to have a job there. And like, how does, how does that all work? Well, that, that's a good question. And so I kind of alluded to that uh, when I was talking about my work with the Northwest Church of Christ in Fort Worth. Yeah. For instance, they fully support me as a, a local missionary, basically. Mm-hmm. So they take care of my salary. And so all 100% of the funds that I raise goes nothing to my salary. It all gets redirected towards missions, which helps with travel expenses. It does help with me helping with one-time cost uh, for a school. I'll buy them uh, maybe books or computers or tablets, uh, get them uh, things that they need uh, for their school, a lot of one-time help. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we start a new program, I can take some of the support that I've received and, and help them on a monthly basis until they can get their feet on the ground or find them a new church that can be their supporting uh, congregation. So our team right now is predominantly uh, working. They're working as ministers. And, and, and so the funds they raise are used for the missions. But it is uh, overseen by the elders at the McDonough, Georgia congregation. So all the support goes through them. And uh, and we do have a few in our staff that also, uh, they raise support to be a missionary. And it goes through uh, McDonough Church. And then other funds are used for this. It's, particular schools that we're uh, partnering with and rather it be Cameroon, uh, Mexico, uh, India, Philippines, El Salvador, Togo, Ghana. These are some of the locations that we're uh, working with. That's awesome. That answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. That answers. I was just curious how it, how it functioned as a, I guess not necessarily a business, but a business, right? Like it, there have to be funds coming in, especially if you're 
giving funds out, right? Like they're, that's just the way life works. Yeah. So um, to kind of take us back to, to scripture, yeah. um, I know, I mean, we're talking about biblical ideas here with missions, um, but to take us back to scripture, it, it reminded me as you're telling me about the, the self-supporting nature of, of what y'all are doing here. It, it kind of reminds me of Paul with Timothy and Titus. Paul picks up these kids and, and learns with them and, 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 and teaches them and, and they grow. And then he says, go back. You're going to, to grow these churches now. You're the one that are going to be supporting, uh, Titus and, um, in Crete and, and Timothy and Ephesus, I think. Um, and, and that's the, that's the, the biblical model that we see is, we're growing the, the locals. It's who better to evangelize the locals than the locals. <laughs> so I just, that's where my mind went as, as we were talking about that. We run into issues when we go overseas and try to Americanize mm. uh, yeah. different places. And years ago I was told there was a, a missionary that was in Ukraine. And whenever people from America would come over, he'd say, okay, this is how we do stuff here. We hmm. partake of the Lord's Supper, and as they leave, they put their money in the back. of, And that's how they do it, because yeah. he had to do that because so many people come over and go, oh, y'all, y'all need to be passing a plate. <laughs> and they would try to change what they were doing and what fit for them and have to be like, hey, you know, we, we you, this is how they do it, and it's okay. You don't need to come yeah. and, you know recreate the wheels. You began with that word missions. Again, that is such a loaded word. Uh, This is not a one person show. I'm I'm simply a small role in in the kingdom of God. We are all collectively working together. Uh, Philippians chapter one, three through six, you you have there where Paul thanks the Philippian brethren for their Mm -hmm. partnership in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Every person who goes, every teacher that we have that teaches a course, every local evangelists and teacher in particular countries, every supporter, everybody is playing a role as a partner in this this thing called missions, the great commission. It's the adjectives not actually in the text, but we call it the great commission because yeah. of how massive it is. So there's partnerships. I mean, literally right before we were about to start this podcast, I get a phone call from another brotherhood work, uh, <laughs> Mission Printing, a local group out here in Arlington, Texas, that ships big containers of Christian materials. Well, they're going to be shipping uh, books that have been donated from other Christians uh, to help put a library in one of our schools, new schools in Kenya. We're also sending songbooks out there, and and we're partnering together. I can't tell you, it's been amazing. I'm talking to places like World Video Bible School. Yeah. We're all on the same team in one yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. They're equipping uh, me with the, all their materials, uh, hard drives with terabytes worth of videos and materials. Jeez. You don't even need Wi-Fi to watch them then. And, we're, and they're allowing me to send these to all the different schools that we work with. That is really cool. It is. And, uh, I mean, book publishing company, uh, La Perlabra Publishers, it has uh, multiple a sound Bible teaching in Spanish uh, at cost. It doesn't cost anything. Actually, the director of that publishing company is our coordinator for Latin America. So it works out really well. That's awesome. So I, I could go on about all the partnerships yeah. Yeah. that have been formed. Well, so when you mentioned the Great Commission, and I think we would be very remiss if we didn't talk about the Great Commission in a discussion on mission work, right? And so I'm going to real quick read that. And then I've got a thought from Philippians, and I'm going to transition that into the question Dylan alluded to earlier. But Great Commission in, in Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's our job is to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize people in the name of the Lord. 
And that's just, I think that's exactly what WBI is doing. And when you look at Philippians chapter two, you mentioned Philippians one, right? And how they were, the Philippian church was providing uh, support to Paul. Well, in Philippians chapter two, verses 19 through 30, we see about Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus here in verses 30 and 31, receive him in the Lord. So he's going back to Philippi, right? Receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. What an awesome example of, of service, of mission work, of, of just opportunity to serve somebody else. Epaphroditus almost died <laughs> to just serve Paul. And he's going back to Philippi. And Paul is saying, hey, treat this guy with respect. Love this guy. Learn from this guy. And as we look back at 2020, right, and we look at Epaphroditus almost dying, right, we look at 2020 and just all of the the awful things that have happened, the, you know, COVID-19 and the devastating effects that it's had on so many different communities and people. How has WBI survived that? How has mission work survived that? Because I think that's an incredibly awesome thing that you guys did, right? That y'all are still here. Yeah. You, you can't quarantine the gospel, if you will. Yeah. It, that great commission has never stopped in 2000 years. We're the result of that great commission becoming disciples ourselves. And then we are then teaching others to observe those things. Second so Timothy chapter two, verse two, we are entrusting the faithful man. We're constantly training the next generation. Doesn't matter what the world climate is. The first century church, you just read the New Testament teachings and how the challenges they had with persecution and whatnot. This is a challenge, but every challenge is become, becomes an opportunity if you it's all about how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, some amazing things have happened in 2020, uh, 2020. Now we're in the 2021. <laughs> Actually, with the people we're working with, we had more baptisms in 2020 uh, connected with World Bible Institute than any other year in the past. That's awesome. 5,100 baptisms. When we contacted wow. all the schools and all, and all the people we work with and we got the final numbers, we were wow. blown away about how God was still working even in a time where benevolence was needed, uh, where pe- there was limitations all over the world, literally a pandemic. Yeah, but the gospel is a pan message. It's a, it's a message for all <laughs> nations and all people. I can just drop puns all day. So impressed right now. He's so on fire. I wasn't sure if I should laugh at that. <laughs> no, and break no, it no. Up. <laughs> but it's forced us to do things we never yeah. thought we would. I'm teaching yeah. on Zoom uh, more than I ever have in my life. I didn't even know what Zoom was in 2019. Yeah, now <laughs> uh, we had encouragement seminars in South Africa. Uh, we're able to le- sometimes record, but sometimes doing it live. Uh, next week, I'm teaching First Corinthians to our schools in Ghana and Togo. I got to start at 3.30 in the morning, though. But we're able to teach them uh, <laughs> yeah, from the awesome. comfort of our home without a $1,000 round-trip airfare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my coworker here, JJ, at Northwest, Jumped into the uh, video uh, making uh, ministry, if you will, and he has grown exponentially in producing quality videos. He helps me do my monthly reports, our devotionals. Uh, that wasn't really on your radar a year and a half ago, but COVID forced us to start doing things outside of the box. We had to adapt. We had we had to adapt. If we don't adapt, we die. And that was, you know, and it, the gospel can't die, right? The gospel, the word of God, is going to be here until the end of the age, right? Mm-hmm. But we as Christians, it's our choice. It's our choice to serve God or not to. And I think, yeah, I think that idea of adapting, right? Just exactly what you've been talking about is, is so critical for everybody, right? Not just 
for ministers, right? Not just for missionaries, mm-hmm. but for Christians Absolutely. to one. adapt. So Man, that would have been a good summer youth series. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I literally almost got stuck in overseas when the COVID thing was really breaking out. I was in New Zealand teaching a, a family camp. I remember that. Yeah. And, okay. and I, and literally the Europe was shutting down. The, all the restrictions were coming into place. I'm like, Candace, I'm going to be stuck in New Zealand for a long time. Should I go to the airport right now? I did. <laughs> and I got home. Our trip the following week to Ukraine got canceled. The next month, El Salvador got canceled. Africa got canceled. It got canceled. But we traveled all over online. Mm-hmm. Now, last fall, we were able to get to Mexico, and that was one of the few places that's been open. And that's where our two most recent partnerships have come. In Montemoros, Mexico, on the border. We got a, mm-hmm. a school we're working with out there now. And um, and so we were able to get to, to Mexico. The next trip that we were supposed to go in October, my teammate tested positive for COVID the day oh, we no. were leaving. So we didn't go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been weird, but we're making the best out of it. You know, it, it reminds me of kind of the question I really want to ask as we're kind of wrapping up here. Whenever we have um, – guests like this on with this kind of topic about missions. You know, a few weeks ago, we had Raul Ferris talking about evangelism. Um, uh, back in January, we had uh, Brother Everett Chambers talking about his uh, missions that he's involved with. And and my favorite thing to ask is about the stories. I, I want to hear a story uh, about either literally just seeing God at work, uh, maybe one of those those stories that kind of gives you chills. Okay. okay. Uh, I got quite a few of them. Let me give a short one. That okay. was just a, a good one. Then kind of a cool, meaningful, memorable thing I'll never forget. Okay, perfect. One was we were in India, and I said, when I before I went, I said, brothers, keep me busy. They're like, Lord, keep you busy. <laughs> so every day we were teaching or traveling to a village to do a gospel meeting. I didn't know where I was. I knew I was in India, but that was about <laughs> it. And so we pull up, uh, and we got an hour before it's time to preach, and the brother I'm with named Jeremiah uh, he's an uh, elder in the church in India. He's uh, helped start the Kamarwal India School of Preaching. Uh, he, we were visiting a family. He mentioned that he was tired. And so they went inside their house, uh, took out two beds, put them on the, on the street. One for him, which he literally took a nap. And then they got one for me. They were they, they were allowed me to take a nap in the street. I didn't do it because there was a big group of people just watching. But the whole idea, I was like, that is hospitality. Yeah. Uh, in the flesh. I mean, I, I was so impressed by that. But I guess one really memorable thing that had happened, uh, I was coming back from India on that same trip, and I had a long layover in Dubai. Mm. Really cool city in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's like a crossroads of the world almost. And <laughs> and uh, and I looked online and said, is there a Church of Christ that meets in Dubai? There is. There's really? a Church of Christ that meets uh, in, uh, there's like a Christian compound. You'll find this in Middle East countries, like in okay. Saudi Arabia and others where the government will allow like mostly immigrants to worship in this Christian compound. Hmm. So different denominations, if you will, hmm. rent a building for like an hour or two at a time. So the huh. Church of Christ worship, they have two of them, one in English and then one in Telugu, which was an in, in Indian language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to the English one. Long story short, he was a graduate of Heritage Christian University. Really? And, and then I, uh, and we had crossed paths online and I got to see him and then I got to preach while I was there. <laughs> and then it was probably 70, 80 people there. And I, oh. at the end, I said, let's take a group picture. And I did that. And I said, where are y'all from? And we counted nine nations in that one room. Wow. That's I mean, awesome. Somalia, Nigeria, Philippines, Texas, you know, all these other ones. Texas. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And, and I love that he's referring to nations and he and says Texas. Texas. <laughs> Wait, can you imagine? That, that was the one body. Yeah. Ephesians 4, 4 illustrates oh, me. Man, that's cool. All that's the different awesome. backgrounds in yeah. one place. And imagine out of the 195 countries today, when we meet the Lord one day, 
all of us together. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your status is. If you're in Christ, we're one. And imagine that day. That is <laughs> that's I, cool. Oh, man. That's amazing. I, I kind of want to, if you guys are right with it, I kind of want to wrap it up with a verse. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. Uh, really, it, it's from verse 15 through the end of the chapter. But uh, verse 22, to the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. You're talking about, I mean, you just talked about the nine different nations in one area, right? Talking about in Africa, you've got Latin America, you've got Europe. There's so many different nations and places. And JJ talked about how we can't go in and Americanize them. We have to go to them and adapt ourselves to their culture so that we can help to save them. We have to become all things to all people so that we can save some. And I think that's, I, I really love what WBI is doing. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. We're all being kingdomized, if you will. Yes. We're yeah. all being kingdomized, yeah. and we're going to make that a new word. I like <laughs> we're, it. We're going like to mold it. We're going to be make, uh, uh, let the Lord work on us as we surrender to him. It's and another so. good summer you series. <laughs> <laughs> be kingdomized. <laughs> well, guys. before we close yeah, here, Spencer, ahead. if any of our listeners want to reach out to you or or want to learn more about World Bible Institute, uh, what's y'all's website? How, how do they contact? Yeah, worldbibleinstitute.com. Uh, you can go if you follow me on uh, Facebook. We got a Facebook page, uh, World Bible Institute Spencer Ross Missions. Uh, we put a lot of content, a lot of pictures, monthly reports, monthly devos, monthly uh, videos as well. It's in video form. We try to, I really try to connect people to what we're doing and get people excited about uh, what the gospel is doing around the world. There's, mm. we should be optimistic when it comes to the kingdom. Because it is growing when you consider it from a global perspective. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, our website, and of course, i always looking for partners and, and people who uh, want to help one time uh, monthly. Uh, there's always specific needs, things like Bibles we donate, uh, songbooks. There's a way that you can be involved and be a partner in this thing together. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, um, to everyone that's listening to this, if you if want to get involved with missions, it's super easy. Uh, and Spencer told you how to do it. So yeah. to all of our listeners for, for Bible Conversations, um, if y'all want to reach out to us, then you know our contact is played right now. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook, share our posts, you can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.